If you believe in our mission of outreach, support, and education for the transgender community, please subscribe and support our podcast at patreon.com backslash myfeminineheart. Welcome back to another podcast of My Feminine Heart. I would like to welcome my guest, Sarah Moore. Thank you so much for being on the program. Thank you for having me. So uh, I have known Sarah for years, and when the idea for My Feminine Heart came about, one of the first people I wanted to interview was Sarah. Um, I didn't know this at the time, but she has this really um, incredible piece of expertise that is so unique for this community. And I heard her give a seminar at Keystone, and it was about domestic violence in the trans community. And I realized that we had so many things to talk about because for me, being born you know, cisgendered woman, I was raised with automatic stranger danger. I was taught everything, you know, like I, you know, I carry all kinds of weapons on me at all times. You have no idea how dangerous I am. You know, I took martial arts. I was always aware of like where to walk at night. And, and there are so many dangers that come towards women and especially women who are under like five foot three. And I've definitely put myself foolishly over the years into dangerous situations. But it's something that with the way I was raised, it's always on the forefront of my mind. It's always there. It's like mm. an app running in the background. Am I safe? Am I behaving safely? Am I in danger? You're always kind of on that lookout. Mm -hmm. And I dated a police officer once, just like one date in my early 20s, but I remembered this date always because he made um, me be the one to sit with my back to the door. He sat with his back to the wall, watching the entrance into the restaurant. And I was, you know, like 22. And I asked him why, and his comment was, I'm always watching. I'm always looking to see, you know, who's coming in the door, what the danger is, like you can't shut it off. And uh, as somebody who attends these conferences as a vendor, as a photographer, you know, I'm interacting with the amazing members of the community and I'm seeing so many dangerous behaviors that people don't even realize they're exhibiting. Mm -hmm. And what I'm noticing is, that for so many of my clients who are largely um, AMAB, you know, they're going M to F, whether they are full-time or, or part-time, uh, that not being raised with this sense of danger, being raised as boys into men, as trans women, they have no idea how they're putting themselves into danger. And this is, so when I had the idea for this podcast, the first thing I wanted to do was bring you on so that you could share these like incredible, valuable insights that you have, because I know you lecture for I do. Yeah, you lecture for a living and you lecture at all the conferences. So if you if you haven't been to a conference yet where Sarah speaks, like put it on your calendar, get in the schedule, go see her in person. Uh, she's incredible. But for those of you who can't make it to a conference or may have missed her seminar, uh, this is this is why we're doing this series is so that you can experience it through the podcast system. So Sarah, I'm, I'm talking so much and you are my guest. <laughs> I would love to introduce you and share with the world what this incredible background is that you have, your expertise and, and what you typically lecture on. Sure. Um, I mean, I've been in law enforcement, um, city law enforcement for about 19 years now. And uh, I've had a lot of great opportunities in that time. Um, I also came from a medical background prior to that. and. Uh, and even prior to that, I, uh, I, I grew up in a home where 
there was domestic violence, so that became sort of a purpose area for me when I got into law enforcement. But I also grew up in a home with a mom who was super paranoid. Um, and not in a bad way. She was just very hyper-focused on safety. And well, like a lot of mothers. Yes, yeah. yes. And, mm -hmm. and, and I felt like, you know, even when she passed away, my, my best friend said, you know, she, she really kept a tight leash. She, you know, she, she was very strict. And I said, you know, that's, that's very accurate. She was every, there was always the concern about, well, this could happen if you did this. And so I was raised with that mindset, much like a cisgendered female would be. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, it sounds, I, you literally are like describing my childhood. <laughs> like your mom sounds like my mom. <laughs> and you've met my mother. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, so yeah, so, um, you know, in, in my law enforcement uh, background though, I worked as a patrol officer. I worked as a SWAT officer. I worked, um, in uh, the t I'm currently assigned to the detective bureau to the uh, crimes against persons unit, and uh, those are, as you can imagine, a lot of some of the some of the worst uh, crimes we have to deal with. I mean, what all? I'm sorry, falls well, into the category of a crime against a person. Well, like, I is mean, it the, going into murder, yeah, or just abuse? anything, anything starting at um, you know misdemeanor assault up to a homicide and sexual assault. Is sexual, sexual assault, assault in there? Absolutely, mm -hmm. yeah. And so, I mean, these are. My focus, though, is on gender-based crimes. So domestic violence, sexual assault. Um, when we talk about domestic violence, it's a, it's a bigger, it's a broader picture, and, and it can encompass a lot of things, but really the, the, the most dangerous ones tend to be the intimate partner violence. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's uh, where a lot of my passion lies, and a lot of the work that I do nationally uh, is on that topic. And it's, um, you know, believe it or not, we, we've come so far in the past 20 or 30 years with our response to, to domestic violence, but we still have a long way to go. There are still agencies uh, and um, non-police agencies that, that interact with domestic violence victims the way we did back in the 80s in the Northeast. And you know, I feel like the Northeast, we, we do things very well, but things tend to start in California and, and move their way out to the east and um, I feel like some of some areas of the country got missed in that sprawl because California did really start uh, very early on recognizing these issues and doing things to to be proactive and understanding that it's not about someone just leaving you know it's about someone making a choice to control someone else oh and it's very subtle you know the thing about abuse mm -hmm. is most people aren't stupid. Right. Most people don't start relationships with somebody that exhibits dangerous behavior in the beginning. I don't know what it was like in your home, but you know, I was raised in a violent home and my birth father was the most charming man you would ever meet. Mm -hmm. And when we walked out the door, we were the perfect family. In mm -hmm. fact, um, we had this thing called um, like Thursday night family night. And everybody knew you did not call our home Thursday night because that was family night and board games and popcorn and movies. And so everybody thought that my father, my birth father, not the stepfather that everybody knows who I call dad, um, not him, uh, but my, everybody thought he was the perfect husband and father. When in reality, he was like a violent sociopath, but that's not what people saw. And for me, you know, I feel like when you, you give a voice to 
to this issue, when you talk about violence against a person, it's so taboo that people don't like to talk about it. So just having that conversation out loud can really open somebody's awareness to it, not just that we have an idea that it's only poor families or it's only, mm. you know, um, like a certain type of family that there's violence. You're going to see it in every class, race, culture. It's it's across the spectrum. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. And so this, this has been a passion of mine, partly because of my history, but partly because as frustrating as the work can be sometimes, there's also a lot of reward. And you know, you see that when people don't get killed, when people are able to navigate out of an abusive relationship, and even when abusers change and stop abusing, uh, that's unfortunately far more rare, but it does happen. And I, I feel like it is possible for people to change. So, you know, the, it's the little victories, you know, for every, hundred cases that I work that I get frustrated with, the one success story in that hundred is just overshadows that. And usually it's the negative that overshadows things, right? Mm -hmm. So what we're, what we're hinting at here is we're going to be doing a series with Sarah. It's going to be like Safety Sarah Saturday. <laughs> uh, and we're going to talk about like all levels of this. So we're going to talk about, um, are you a target? Mm -hmm. Are you presenting dangerous behavior um, as a trans person that you didn't growing up, that you weren't aware of, and how can we make you safer? And I do, we are gonna have some, some of these tough conversations where we talk about abuse, because to me, you know, I was raised in a violent home. Um, I was always raised in an angry home, but I wasn't aware of that. And I was in an abusive relationship in college that I wasn't aware of. And it wasn't physical. I was dating somebody who was like, an inch shorter than me and purposefully because I, I never wanted to be with somebody who could physically hurt me. Mm. Um, but I didn't realize how emotionally and mentally abusive he was because it happened so slowly over time. Mm -hmm. And it took somebody, it took several people saw it and never said anything, never said anything. I heard later for years, oh yeah, we know we always hated that boyfriend. But it took just telling my mother about my relationship, just like, you know, oh yeah, he'll say this or we'll do that and not realizing anything was wrong and I'm watching her cry. Mm. And she was like, I had no idea this is the relationship you were in. And I know so many women who that has happened to. Um, you know, one of the young women who worked for me, uh, she was in a very abusive marriage and it took somebody else to tell her, you understand you're being abused. She didn't get it and mm. she was raising her children in it because it happens so slowly over time that you're, you don't really think about, oh, I'm being hit, but that's not abusive. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I hope that our conversations that we have, if it generates anybody's mindset at home, you know, because abuse can happen to women, it can happen to men, mm -hmm. it doesn't matter your age, it can happen to trans women, trans men, doesn't, you know, it, it can happen. Um, I hope that if this helps one person, if they hear any stories from you and they're like, you know what, I'm, I'm going through that and I never really thought of it that way, but I'm not happy or I'm not safe and I need to change it. So you'll be able to give us some tips on if you find yourself in this area, how to get out of it, how to get out of a relationship absolutely, like that. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. Oh, wonderful. All right, so I've set up our next six <laughs> podcasts. Um, so when I have you on next, what I'd really like to hit on is first thing, some of these minor things we're seeing, even just behaviors at conferences. Mm -hmm. You know, are you getting into an Uber safely? Are you ordering a drink safely? Like these minor things. Do you think we could hit that next? Absolutely. Sarah, thank you so much. I'm so excited to have you be a part of this series. And 
Oh my goodness, just welcome to the show. Thank you. And thank you everyone on My Feminine Heart and a shout out to Lindsay Taub. We are at First Event 2020 and she is lending us her hotel room to film this series. So you're not seeing the usual set. Um, but yeah, so we've got a little Sarah here and then we'll be recording next at Keystone. So if you have a chance to go to the Keystone Conference, definitely come out and see her there. Uh, thank, thank you so much. Thank you. If you are a victim of sexual assault, please call the National Sexual Assault Telephone Hotline at 1-800-656-HOPE. That's 4673.